Welcome, welcome, welcome. What time is it? What time is it? It's time for another Cosmic Crit. Yeah. We're back. It is, oh my gosh, it's episode 102. Last time I got to chat with you all, we hadn't done episode 100. And now we have done episode 100. Hopefully you've listened in on that. And apparently nobody likes a Nikithi Garth Brooks crossover. I'm shocked. I did that because I thought that was like the will of the people. Apparently, I still have a lot to learn about what our people want. Now, I'm going to get you into the episode, but, you know, of course, as always, we have some business things to take care of. And first is, of course, the fan challenge. What are we without our occasional, um, you know, monthly fan challenges that we like to kick out to you guys? And this month is a pretty fun one. It is Sept Member. Sept Member is all about making your own memes, your own Cosmic Crypt memes. So get your best internet meme on and uh, come up with something funny and we will review them and we will exhale out of our noses at the ones that we find are worthy and announce the winners uh, as soon as we can at the end of the month so head over to CosmicCrit.com find the specific details and go nuts memes are fun they can be whatever you want them to be and on our last piece of business before I release you into the Cosmic Crit universe is, of course, at the end of this episode, please do hang around because we have an interview, an interview with a very, very cool cat, Eleanor Farron. And you're going to want to listen to it. Great interview. Great person. And show some support. You know, when we do these interviews, uh, they're they're noticed. And, the, you know, when people engage in them, it really helps us out. So please do Hang around and, and listen in, and uh, if anything is said or uh, talked about during the episode that is of your interest, you know, feel free to head over to our Discord into the episode spoilers section, and uh, feel free to chat about it with us because we do like to not just talk about our regular content, but we also like to discuss things about the creators that we've had to have conversations with because it's really, really cool that we get to sit down and talk with these people and we would like to continue to sit down and talk with these people and, uh, you know, the more discussions that we get to have uh, because of their contributions, the more likely we get to continue to have those discussions. So your support is greatly appreciated. Well, that's all I have for everybody today and I just want to thank everyone again for tuning in. As always, this has been... This continues to be, you know, even with episode 102, I'm still on a, a nostalgic kick as we kind of say goodbye to the early 100s. So thank you again. This has been a total blast. And without further ado, I wish to welcome you into episode 102, Close, Close Encounters, Encounters of, of the, the Third, Third Eye. Episode commencing in three, two, one. Episode initiated. Roles I've dealt, DCs I've known. Never remind you about the saves you've blown. Never E, never KAC. So I dub thee now Unliven. Hello, metalheads, androids, SROs. Welcome back to Cosmic Critalica. I'm your black metal GM, Patrick. And tonight on the show, the PCs are going to plan to kill them all and ride the lightning into another adventure in Outpost Zed. Joining me in this week's episode as time marches on, for whom the bell tolls, well, it tolls for my five friends and your players. To my right, he sleeps with one eye stalk open, gripping his drone tight. It's Tyler playing Nikithi with Itis. Always happy to play the master of puppets, but in this case, it's drones. <laughs> drone puppets. Drone puppets. To his right, here she goes, starting to rage. There she goes, 
summoning pure outrage. It's Rebecca Rockin' Talara. It's wonderful to be here. Across the digital table, never cared for his fur of blue, never cared for what he'd do, and nothing else matters except Miles playing win. <laughs> How's it going, Patrick? Good. To his right, exit right, enter the fight, take his hand, you've been tricked into Goblin Land. It's Jabert bringing Bumfuzzle. Hello, Patrick. And to my left, when Nova strikes your eyes, soon everything will fade to black. It's Drew running with Kaz. Napster. <laughs> yeah, Napster. <laughs> Somehow knew you were going to say that. <laughs> like, hey, guys. You couldn't even at least say Napster bad. <laughs> <laughs> Napster good. I didn't complete my comment either. Jesus. <laughs> um, how, how's it going, gang? Pretty good. Yeah, it's lovely. I've got a new roommate, as I was telling people earlier. Yeah. Uh, his name That's is a Little Ahsoki. <laughs> yeah, I've got a little Ahsoki roommate. I've named him Knack, which is fun. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm, I set out a no-kill trap for Knack, and I'm going to give him a little peanut butter, and I'm going to drop him down by the railroad tracks if he, uh, if he eats my peanut butter. Yeah, so you can do a little uh, non-lethal damage and then uh, transplant him somewhere else. Yeah, you better, gonna, you better hope he doesn't roll since motive on that peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> it's a perception check on that. Uh, I know. I was just, I was just gonna say he's gonna sense motive my peanut butter, but <laughs> it's like this smells like a trap. <laughs> all of a, su- all of a sudden, you see his little paw pull out a uh, little tiny laser pistol and grenade and. <laughs> <laughs> out of he his just, mouth. Out of his mouth. It's a bunch of grenades out of his cheek pouches. But yeah, that's right. Nice. Yeah. Uh, all right. So everyone's doing well. We've got a, a new uh, podcast pet to uh, to talk about week to week. Uh, knack the mouse. <laughs> this is going to um, be confusing. No, it's pretty. It makes perfect sense. Jabert's knack, and there's Drew Asnack. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's not waste any time. Uh, the last few weeks have been some fairly long, outrageous episodes. Uh, is this one I'm going to be the same? Only time will tell. Uh, let's get back into the game, though. Talk about first what happened last time on Cosmic Crit. Concerned for Sedona's well-being, Talara wakes up in the middle of the night to find the android restless and anxious to recover the rune drive from Star Empire Control. While the team enjoys some well-earned R&R, they are attacked. A robotic arm goes haywire and tries to dismember Sedona while Bumfuzzle and Kaz are locked in malfunctioning sleep pods. Following the sound of an explosion, Bumfuzzle and Kaz are set upon by a hidden assailant. Kaz changes his course to intervene. Wynn once again comes against his natural enemy, Hallways. We have the would-be assassin caught in our claws. Time for some intense interrogation. Who sent you? How much did they pay you? What was your mother's maiden name? (laughs) Oh no, you can get into my bank account with that uh, security (laughs) question. Which of these pictures have a stoplight in it? We're always playing the long (laughs) con. The SRO is like, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. What's a stop sign? (laughs) Hey guys, uh, you have captured this assassin who has set the machinery tools to, uh, to kill you all. Set up a bomb. Set up the bomb in uh, all, trying to make all your base belong to him. In the Phoenix's respite, uh, this is Grasilex, who you now have in the docking bays 
um, tools kind of like uh, clamped in. Uh, you have, uh, I believe, last week succeeded at that intimidation check. If you guys want to um, take a break now, 10 minutes, and let him stew, <laughs> she's like being um, held above, you know, like maybe five feet in the air over the ground. Uh, does anybody need a burner resolve? Cast take a yes. Cast took a little bit of damage there. Yeah. Dolara as well. Dolara got hit by. S- oh, yeah. You got blasted back uh, as soon as that bomb went off. The, uh, the decompression of this room. Right, so go ahead and do that, and then you can come back in full force, the, the five of you, as Sedona goes to lay down for a bit, and you can you can get on with the interrogation. Uh, what do you what do you guys want to ask? Uh, who is it that you work for? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I was hired just uh, a day ago. Uh, so, uh, a mean man, my jam. My name's Scraylin. Scraylin, what kind of name is that? What, don't you know? I, I mean, I got like eight people I know named Scraylin. It's, uh, uh, why, of course, it's a Draylick name. Uh, Draylick. Scraylin. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'll tell you what you want to know, but you want to save your, your friend, then you're going to need to move fast. <laughs> what does that mean? What friend? <laughs> like, everyone, like, looks over at Wynn, like, what? <laughs> well, who's not in the, the the docking bay right now? Gaz, Sedona. Well, no, you, you, you just saw her like a minute ago. <laughs> Dang yeah. it! Well, yeah. Who, who's our, <laughs> go, way to go, else, Tyler. Who else is our friend? Yeah, that's, uh, not, now I'm now I'm with Win. Uh, wait, right oh, here. is it the witch the witch creed? Talman, uh, maybe. Uh, hosh hosh here, yeah. Hosh. Uh, you haven't noticed, but uh, the people that hired me have captured your Rikrichi friend, Hashachir, and I, I took his place, which is how I was able to plant that bomb. You didn't notice anything. <laughs> they still got him hold up a uh, place called Third Eye Salvage, opposite side of uh, the outpost. I mean, are we really supposed to care? Well, I care. <laughs> D- depends. Are you a good person or a bad person? I mean... Uh... Hachajir helped us out. He really stuck his neck out for us. We gotta, we gotta help him. I have to agree with Bumfuzzle on this one. He helped us out and is a good contact within the ship, within the base. It would be a shame to lose him. Fair enough. Listen up here. You, you let old, uh, Greylix go and, uh, I'll owe you a favor. I, I just took a job, you see. Uh, didn't mean anything by it. This wasn't personal. Scraylin hired me, paid me double my normal rate. She has, uh, Imperial credits to burn. <laughs> uh, can I sense motive on this fool? I'm not sure. I believe that he's gonna let us be. Yeah, I'm gonna roll with him there. Yeah, yeah. What'd you get? I got a twenty. Yeah. And Nikithi has a twenty-eight. Yeah, no, he seems a respectable slime ball. <laughs> he uh, contract killer, um, and indeed. Uh, I mean, you can you can make demands of him if you want, but uh, he says he will. You know, hello, you went down the line, and you uh, seem to we, believe him. What if we? He said he got paid double. So what if we make him give us the half? You know, the mm-hmm. the double part. Uh, yeah, no. He he explains that that money is held up in like a a third party credits until Scraylin releases it uh, on a, a job well done. Uh, all right. But uh, she, she's got those credits. She's got them credits to burn. So what exactly does Screlin, whatever her name is, want from this? What does I, she want with Hashashir? 
I mean, she just wanted to get a an in on your guys's and allow me to do my work. Uh, Scraylin's a bit of a fixer in these parts. So she's <clears> after <throat> us. I'm kind of uh uh uh. What's the word? Flattered. <laughs> I'm kind of flattered. Yeah, I have not heard of you guys either, but she talked about the the packed folk who come to the station. Uh, I don't know what she did to cross her, but uh, she's one of those that believes in the old Draylic mumbo jumbo. Runs her crew out of the junkyard, you know. Yeah, she's not. She's not one of those uh, death cultists, is she? I don't know about that, but uh, the the third eye believers, they not ones you want to mess with. I don't know uh, why you all have run afoul of her, but yeah, she's a dangerous woman to cross. Two of yeah, their, hold two on, of hold on. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I have a question. The Draylicks <clears throat> that we uh, ran into on, on Outpost Z before, were they cultists or were they third eye, whatever, or? They, yeah, I they, believe they were third eye. Yeah, they are worshippers of like an ancient kind of way on Draelic. Uh, uh, it has it has nothing to do with the cult of the devourer, but they are both kind of like I, I, they got like similarly aligned goals. <laughs> you know, gotcha. one wants to like the cult of the devourer wants to um, speed up, I guess, the end of the universe, whereas these Draelic, it's just like kind of their natural state to watch things burn around them normally. Yeah, both sort of cults of destruction or whatever. They worship entropy, so not necessarily destruction, but things things going afoul. Okay, but that but that cult is the third eye that we're talking about. You, why don't you make me a uh, culture check? I'll tell you, I'll tell you all kinds of things about this. I can do that. Oh boy, can I try to make that too? I would also like to try to. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you got are trained in culture. Look at all these look at all these cultural people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got well, we got a lot of stuff. We got a couple twenty threes, a twenty seven. Um, yeah, I mean, and you could have easily read up a little bit um, after your first run in with those Draelics on Outpost Zed. And yeah, this is something back from the Shadari Confederacy, um, like an ancient, not really religion, like more of a philosophical um, belief system, and it's the uh, entropic you know, like the death philosophy of ataxia. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not very well known outside of kind of like Draylek circles. Um, but it does have to do with, you believe some kind of mystical energy, um, something maybe akin to Solarians. You saw they had these weird mystical powers. These ones that you fought when I posted said previously as a vanguard who has studied entropy do I have any any assistance I can offer in, in thinking about this or based on what we have seen in fighting them I think the last time that you went up against them um, you might have noticed that they had like I said similar to like a Solarian's power they, they were able to sheep themselves in this this energy and it was allowing you uh, your some of your blows not to be as effective. Um, let's see. Not sure if you know necessarily the Solarian ability uh, exactly, but it works like dark matter. The special ability dark matter gives them a little bit of DR. Hmm. And so, in this guy just mentioned that uh, they're sort of based out of the the junk pile. Is that here on Outpost Zed? Third Eye Salvage. Yeah, it's like on the other side, so it'll be. You know, maybe half hour to uh, navigate the the tunnels to to get over there. You guys want to head out now? Uh, I would like his assurances that he's not going to blow up our ship while we're gone. But uh, yeah, um, Sedona says that she's going to stay behind to make sure you know 
these doors are locked <laughs> tight and no one else is able to commit any acts of sabotage. All right, I'm going to give her my uh, cylindrical lens pistol and say, you watch over him real good. Um, <laughs> yeah, she can she can trade pistols with you if you want. She's, she's down with some pistol gaming. Um, Sedona has... Uh, I believe a laser pistol. Uh, Corona laser pistol, if you're interested. Uh, she can hang on to both of those. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what, just going to do wield them? <laughs> just have two pistols. Point them at the door. Uh, yeah, she's she's like, I'm, I'm going to lay down. They tried to saw me in half uh, a little while ago, so. That also seems fine. Uh, here's a pillow. And I pull a pillow out of my pocket and I hand it to <laughs> her. From your your pillow pocket? Yeah, from, from my from my pouch. I don't know what's the what's the bulk you of a pillow. You picked a pillow from your pillow pocket. Yeah, yeah. That, that utility belt sure is a unique one. That's gonna come up. That's gonna come up every episode from I, here to the end of time. I honestly imagine it is like a tiny little fanny pack, and then you just pull out like a, a huge body pillow. Well, it's like Mary Poppins' bag, right? I mean, right. Whatever she wants. Out of there. Right, exactly. I pull it out, and it's just like it's a big body pillow of Kaz, and I just <laughs> and I hand it to her. Don't ask me why I have that. How many of those do you have in there, um, Paizo? You've made a ridiculous game, and this is canon <laughs> stuff that can happen now. Before it was just Jabert having a good good time, but now he can actually make these things. So hold on, I have a question. Hmm. Were right you ahead. just? saying that we're going to give Sedona the Corona laser pistol? Is that something that's up for grabs? Because I could totally take that. No, oh, she has a Corona um, if you're interested, if you guys want to trade off. We can trade? I'll give her my static arc pistol. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> Should we that's find? The, that's the greatest trade in Starfinder history. <laughs> uh, Fair trade. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the one going off and like fighting things, right? You see on, on her armor, she also has a, a jetpack upgrade, and she's like, no, this is mine. You can't have it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, fair. No, but she, she's gear, gearing up as well. She's getting ready to go off with you. But, yeah, she almost did die on the previous episode. <laughs> like, I guess. I guess, Well, a Corona laser pistol isn't going to save her life if... Well, like, she's not fighting with you right now, so she is very um, happy to let you borrow at the very least this okay. pistol. So yeah, yeah it's a it's a two d four and one d four critical burn. So it's that upgraded um, one upgrade from the Asenath. Um Right. So if you guys want to head on out to the Third Eye Salvage, um, it's a little a little difficult without your your guide. Of outpost said, Hashichir helping you out, but from the directions Gracelix gave you, uh, you're able to find your way there. Take us there on roll 20, moving maps. I feel like such a dummy because I didn't realize you said Corona. Oh, that's a good pistol. <laughs> I was like, okay, fine, Jabert. <laughs> just spit in my face. I, I thought you said azimuth, and I was just like, I was just like, yeah, I was okay. I don't know. I was you wondering why you that. turned that down. I was like, Jabert, what? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you snooze, you lose, God. <laughs> this whole thing with like the Thunderstrike pistol, I'm just like, Corona? No, thank you. <laughs> uh, oh, that was uh Oh, that was really funny. Right, so yeah, you have to get past the promenade, um, go down like a level or two to um not very often trafficked areas 
of Outpost Ed before you get to Third Eye Salvage. It is a small scrapyard on the lower levels of the station from what looks like an area of the old Aslanti mining rig that was kind of used to store ancillary parts or refuse in, in a large dump. Uh, when you get down here, why don't you give me a perception check, everybody? Hmm. Looks like Bumfuzzle is the highest. Is that right? Yes. That oh, seems yeah. correct. Bumfuzzle and Kaz. Investigators for life. So yeah, Kaz, you can see, oh, let's see here, that there are a couple of doors here, um, fairly large double doors. You see swiveling between them looks to be a security camera. So it's only like facing the direction of um, one of the doors like every 10 seconds or so, something along those lines. Um, and as you're looking over these doors, uh, right outside the range of the camera here, Bumfuzzle, you can tell that they seem to have some kind of security system attached to them. So you think if they were to be opened, it might set off some kind of trap. You mean, you mean the doors or the or the cameras? The, the doors. Oh. The doors. All right. Indeed. Trip trap. Um, let's see. And it would be a computer's check to uh, to switch off the cameras. Is that right? Or to so, leave the cameras? Almost, yeah, well, almost the exact same as uh, Outpost Zed. Yeah, you can try and hack into them with computers, or you could just pop the the wires out with engineering, which is a lot easier. But I look over at uh, at Nikithi and I say, What do you say? You wanna you wanna do the old Tom Ren Seven special? <laughs> ah, yes, my my absolute favorite hacking technique. Let me try it. Uh, can I remotely hack that that uh, little security camera? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you will, uh, I think, I think to get within range of it, we'll have to get right within range of the camera. You could get, could you get like right, right here around the corner? Yeah, it's twenty feet is how far. Mm. Unfortunately, no. It's going to to get within uh, like a an area where it will not be able to see you, and you can do your dirty deeds done dirt cheap. Uh, you're gonna have to make an acrobatics or stealth check. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let me see if I have any equipment that I could help out with this. Yeah. Uh, can I can I can I aid with the stealth check by just like holding a, a sheet that's roughly the color of the hallway in front of him? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not green screen technology. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't have any kind of invisibility or cloaking, so let's just try and be sneaky i guess <laughs> is that your better of the two? Oh, by a mile yeah, i can imagine <laughs> i can imagine uh, oh this won't go well we probably should have switched out to bump puzzle at that point uh it's a 17 stealth yeah so everyone watches as nikki he does like a, a weird high step like bugs bunny uh <laughs> behind the the camera but yeah like it it turns right as you get underneath it uh, you do not believe that it saw you now make me that computer's check see if you can loop in a uh you know it's like a, a 30 second splice of uh repeating empty corridor Ooh, uh that's gonna be a 25 yeah you're pretty sure yeah, this seems a little <laughs> a little easier than the the cameras back on golta uh pretty sure you've been able to do it i signal to the rest of the team done done Dun, 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 so dun, two doors. Uh, which which one do you guys want to go to? Um, I, which I, one can I fit in? Uh, <laughs> well, they're both ten 
10 foot wide they're like double doors so either one this is a a bear friendly adventure apparently (laughs) uh no it's not because the last time i couldn't get down the hallway (laughs) Uh, uh, so which door was trapped they both now that you're looking at them you're a little bit closer they both seem to have an alarm system some wires running from metal connectors in the the bases all right i'm gonna say uh all right everybody stand back Except you're the Keithy. You stay here with me. Uh, ah, I always enjoy being in front of the explosions. Yeah. How about I? How about I assist you? I don't please, think you. Please, please. Yes. Oh, oh I, why am I rolling? It's auto assist. I'm so stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to see what you would have got. All right. So assisted and bumfuzzle. Oh yeah. <laughs> That'll be a 34 with the assist. I don't think anything can stop you. Oh. Uh, plus four to disarming traps. Oh, so, thank goodness. 38. So this was like a simple um, like home security system on these doors. It was <laughs> it's like Atlas alarms. And, yeah. yeah, you just like cut a wire and it's like, we're good to go. You found Bro- five Bro- bucks in there too. Brought uh, to you by Simply, Faith, Simply Safe. Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, it also has a lock on it, which we will need to disable. But I think you guys can automatically do that if you're aiding one another. So, yeah. yeah. We get this. Uh, you've cracked open this. What do you guys want to do now? I just sort of Fonzie the thing open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a give it a little listen. Um, I don't remember. Did anybody take that uh, uh, that listen through device? The megaphone thing. Yeah. I'm not were... sure who's carrying it, but we we have it. Yeah, I thought you had it to be honest. <laughs> I'm like yeah. looking back through my through like the loot table. Oh, it sounds like someone scrapped it. Uh, uh, maybe. You could just use your goblin ears. See if they if they have to tell you. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to use my goblin ears. I'm going to put my goblin ears right up to the door. Oh my goodness, you foolish fool. <laughs> That's how you you get uh ear stabbed. <laughs> get all kinds of ear stabbed. That's uh, a twenty-one, please. Do you speak Draelic? Uh Kaz does. I do not give a, a flying hoot what Kaz speaks right now. I'm talking about pump fuzzle in his goblin ears. Yeah, you hear alien voices and you're just kind of like lowly speaking inside. I, I, I whisper back and say There's there's people in there. They're uh, they're 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 saying all sorts of weird stuff. I think they said something about about Tilato's horns or something? I don't know. I can't understand. Cass, what do you think it is? Uh, I guess I need to get up and do a perception check too with my yeah, that's with my. What hu- you want to do? I'm gonna put my human ear onto the uh, onto the door. Mm-hmm. It is a natural twenty for a twenty-nine. Oh, you hear a couple of low voices. It sounds like to the left, uh, talking about like electrical wiring and things like that. It's like, hey, bring us over here, and then and then you won't get again. Oh, that's how that works. In Draelic. Cool. They sound to be working on something. I, I wonder if we could sneak in and take them by surprise. I bet they're nerds. They uh, sounded like nerds. We never talked about this, but uh, just so I understand everything, are we killing all these people or just knocking them out? Ah. Uh, well, our normal MO is... Uh, oh, yes, I, mean, I say that because normally we have just fought... It's a good deal of murder. So. I mean, well, force and, meets force, bro. Also, they were apparently talking about Talara's horns, so I think death is the only answer. <laughs> Start summoning as, like five demons. As, <laughs> as, said, what? as long as I understand the consensus, that's fine. How quietly can we open this door? 
Um, make me a stealth check if that's what you want to do, Drew. You want me to open the door? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let, let me push the button quietly. <laughs> do that thing where you turn the doorknob before you open it. and <laughs> Yeah. The uh, doorknob on the space door. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. I open the space doorknob uh, very quietly. <laughs> it's a 33. Ooh, very quietly the door goes... <laughs> just squeak uh, but as soon as uh, you part it uh, just sideways you see a Draelic at the top of what looks like a set of stairs he stares at you and says oh there's some guys over there make sure to kill them make sure to kill the heck out of them right now <laughs> oh, no. oh, stop what you're doing put that down and kill these dudes <laughs> oh god they've got guns out too <laughs> What are you doing? All right, so we're in initiative turn order. I turn back and I say, guys, look out. They have stairs. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. We've got some enemies. It looks of like course. Look at <laughs> the classic win. <laughs> the natural one as uh, all is right with I the I feel wall. like Apparently. every time you're, you're slow to react to something, we should just have like... Wins adventure time. I'll be there eventually. I just need like a little top hat with a little flower in it. Like that, like that, uh, like the the frog from the Looney Tunes episodes. Exactly. Great, excellent, indeed. Is that Franklin? Superfluous. Yeah, I think it is Franklin. Yeah. Super Duplerus. Okay. Alrighty. So first things first here, uh, the top of the turn order. Oh my goodness. Believe it or not, bump us. <laughs> well, the highest initiative, but uh, I'll tell you what you see as you crack open the door here, besides this Draelic at the top of set of stairs, um, you see detritus and refuse of dozens of electronics and mechanical bits just strewn about the floor here. Uh, refurbished items rest on shelves and bends behind a long desk to the left. As soon as you, you will imagine move into the room. Mm-hmm. And the set of metallic stairs leads up to a second floor, and you see a, a opaque, dirty plastic curtain with a, an exit leading apparently to the east of this facility. Uh, what would you like to do, Bumfuzzle? Uh, I am going to just run uh, straight forward and right up the stairs. Uh, and as I'm running, I'm going to activate a. Uh, I'm going to push a button on my belt, and a bunch of. Uh, uh, like metallic legs are going to come out and they're going to run up the stairs for me so that my <laughs> little legs just sort of kick underneath. Spider goblin. <laughs> but but I get a little bit higher. Yeah, it's like the iron spider suit, but for uh, but for a very small man. Iron <laughs> goblin. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> I am iron goblin. Right. So I'm going to, and I'm going to uh, uh, surprise him by coming up from a little bit high. Uh, when he expects me to come from below. And uh, I'm going to give him a little pistol whip. <laughs> okay. Uh, CR six or lower. Oh, that's a success. Aye, but all the attack is 14. That is also a success. Oh, hooray. Yay. Yeah. All righty. So that's going to be uh, seven normal damage plus 15 additional damage. Oh, <laughs> goodness gracious. Whoa. Yeah, so that's going to be uh, 22 altogether. Oh, you're all pretty well on some D8s here. I think this is some some of the better trick attack damage. Yeah, that was a couple of sevens and a one there. Not bad at all. Okay, well, uh, he's dead. Oh, 
<laughs> so didn't didn't have time to get up his like super duper armor or anything along those lines. So you murdered him. <laughs> Just yeah. I oh I am so sorry. Oh oh god. I'm you know like, they have to like, put his. They have, like, like broccoli heads, so you've just, like, smushed in his head with your pistol. <laughs> I'm, like, trying to squish it back together. I'm like, oh, oh, I, I can't go away for this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good times. Nikithi's next. Uh, Nikithi maybe peeks around the corner and sees what Bumpuzzle did and gets over comms and says, uh, maybe we should take it easy on them. Also... Uh, unless we want the whole facility to know we are here. Perhaps we should try and make this fight as quiet as possible. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, he's going to give... He doesn't really need to go anywhere. Idis can... Oh, I think she can make it up to their... their... Well, I guess she actually doesn't know there are enemies there. Nobody knows there are enemies there. So Idis is just going to spend a move action to mm-hmm. go into the room mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. move up to one of these Draylix as a second move action. And we'll call that good. Okay, well, so as <laughs> you're moving up to it, uh, this one uh, you moved up to just shouts, Oh, God, they've got some creepy dog! Oh, they killed Clary, and now they're gonna kill us! Oh, my God! These guys are are the, the third eye people. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've got the same kind of shadow staves that you, you saw on the, the other Trelix. Got some, some tattoos on their foreheads, but... Uh, Yep, that was a couple of levels ago. I think we fought those dudes. So. <laughs> Believe it or not, they're a little afraid of you. You just murdered their friend. Uh, Kaz, we're on to you, Drew. Yeah, um, Rebecca, I saw your note, but I, I feel like we need to. I need to get in there and. Yeah, you know, I'm changing my mind now. Yeah. Um, although. What, what note? I do want, well, I said Kaz, hold your turn, but that was with the intention of using shifting surge on you. But these guys are going down pretty quickly. I kind of feel like the more important thing is to try to talk to them, get some information out of them before we kill them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so Patrick, in this room, there is a desk. If I wanted to engage in melee, could I jump mm. on top of that desk? Or or do, do I have to go all the way around to get to this guy? Yeah, you'd probably have to, to climb over if you wanted to get... Um, get to them where they do not have cover. They've got a, a good deal of cover behind the desk. As we all know, desks are nearly impenetrable in stuff. They are elite status for the, the best warriors to fight behind. <laughs> How tall are the ceilings in this space? Great question. Um, like, I think 15 foot, because it goes up to like a second floor level there. Okay. Can I run in to this point, kick on my jump jets, and land right here? There'll be two move actions, but you can do that. Ah, it's two moves. Yeah, one's moving and one's flying. Yeah, I'll do it anyway, because I want to get over here. Alrighty. Um, Talara is next. All right, Talara is going to move in on the other side of the desk from these Dralix and mm-hmm. um, try to, I want to intimidate them and, and ask them some questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they are fighting for their lives, so you can try demoralize in combat, but uh, otherwise they're not gonna they're not gonna regard you as friendly as per wh- one of the things you can do with intimidate is make them answer questions, but that's it's more of an out of combat thing. Okay, so there there's okay, so I can't ask where Scraylin is or where she oh, might be. I'll tell you, you can, but they're probably gonna <laughs> just scream some things and drill at you. <laughs> 
some nice, not nice things in Drelik. <sighs> All right. Um, well, I'm over here. Mm. So, sorry, Kaz, but these guys made fun of my horns, according to Bumfuzzle, who does not speak Drelik. <laughs> but also doesn't lie. <laughs> <laughs> Never once in the entirety of this campaign. Let her not be said that I am a liar. <laughs> Certainly wasn't lying when you pretended to be that Aslanti guard back on. Uh... <laughs> what are you going to do with your turn, Rebecca? <laughs> oh, we're, well, we're crossing some weird lines here. Okay. Yeah, my name. <laughs> All right, so um, I am going to use overheat, and Kaz is right in the way, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, sounds good to me. Let's roll these dice. Oh my god. I, I love this. It's like GM gives players an easy encounter. Players kills each other. <laughs> Probably. We'll see. We'll see how Kaz makes it out. I told him to turn it, hold his turn. <laughs> but he said, don't worry about it. <laughs> then he said, don't worry about it. Uh, overheat uh, is, is it 2d8? 2d8, yes. Okay, what's the DC that, uh, that all three of us get to roll? <laughs> Uh, it is, oh gosh, I don't have it pulled up. Uh, it's a uh, reflex for half. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the DC of that is going to be the spell level plus your casting mod plus 10. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the DC would be 15. All right, I'll roll for my Drelic friends here. Okay, all right, one roll the natural one. So it's probably dead. And one rolled an 11 on the dice, which is going to be a success. Uh, Kaz, why don't you roll me a reflex? Rebecca, I'm so mad at you. <laughs> roll roll Talara reflex. <laughs> oh no. 13. Oh. Fail. Thanks. I could, I could technically you, use my new paradigm shift to give you, you another. You could have just shot the guy with your new Corona laser pistol and done just as much damage and not. Nah, there'd be nah, all fancy bands pistol. Roll two d eight. This is great. Nope, nope. This is more fun. All right. It is. So that's gonna do nine damage. Okay, so the one standing to Kaz's right just like gets melted into the desk. <laughs> it's like ah! <laughs> he, he failed that. Um, is still alive, but is very hurt. Uh, Kaz taken nine points fire, and this one to your left just ducked down behind the desk and is only partially singed. I don't even get an entropy point for that damage. This is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, uh, good times. Oh, okay, so you can take it, Shades. Come on. <laughs> uh good good so really the only person within range Ooh. of these bad boys is uh is kaz so they're, they're just gonna shadow staff the ever loving pronk out of him this Patrick. gonna step in behind what's up should i have given you a, a i know this is kind of behind the thing but should i have given you a noise for overheat <laughs> you should have like five minutes ago yeah <laughs> can i give it to you now sure go right ahead All right, and now Drew, you have to like pretend like Gats is screaming <laughs> during that. Just, ah, Delara, why? <laughs> uh, the combat's going on at like the same time. You're just confused. You went in, you like ran in, you're like, I'm gonna burn these guys alive. And then you're like, no, Gats is there too. What? Ah, oh, my hair. All righty, goodness gracious. Um, okay, so yeah, these guys are going to attack with the shadow staves. Oh, one each. One attack each. Ooh, 14 on one dice, two on the other natural. 
Toot. I can see the 20 on these dice. <laughs> but I, saw, they I saw that too. did not roll up. So one, uh, what's your KAC? Oh, actually, EAC, Drew. 19. Okay, so one hit, obviously. Not a lot of damage here. But you get that sweet entropy point. Uh, seven points cold damage. I don't get it. Burr. Hmm. Okay. Uh, it's that be, is gotta be twice my vanguard level too. Oh my! Yeah, you're you're up there now. So this one to your right, you see coated in this like shimmering darkness, uh, seems to have enacted one of his abilities that you recognize as the the Solarian ability, dark matter. It is Wind's turn. <laughs> Miles, you're here. Yes, I am. <laughs> and it is your go. Okay. Um, so can Wim pop up here and reach this um, fellow closer to the door? Um, yeah, so you're just moving right within the, the front doors of Third Eye Salvage and behind some cover, but you can make an attack. All right. Let's bust out the old trident and go go to Stab Town. That's a natural one. Wow, Good. My Good. second in a row. Wow, wow. Good times. Oh, Miles. Wow. Uh, I, I really do um, fully <laughs> and truly hate everything about my existence. <laughs> you should make a character where you don't have to roll these stinking dice. Yeah, it's called the it's called the GM, I guess. <laughs> no, I have to roll dice all the time. I roll tons of crit ones. Well, then I can just be the NPCs from now on. How about that? Miles, <laughs> what kind of crit fail do you want? Do you want our lovely fans to decide your fate? Do you want yeah, the yeah. official Paizo deck? They, they, they've never done me wrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one is called Let Me Get That For You. The weapon impacts a thick portion of your enemy's armor slash hide and becomes stuck. I want to say this is the desk. <laughs> um, yeah. Your opponent... Oh, no. Th this is your opponent. So you stab through the desk. The opponent takes half damage, but the weapon is now attached to this trailing. <laughs> <laughs> what? And you have to spend a move action uh, to make an athletics check. To remove it. Okay. So it takes, uh, but it takes half the damage that it would have. Yes. So what uh, was that damage? Uh, fourteen. So seven points of damage. All right. And his his uh, dark matter ability is going to soak up a little bit of that, but up oh, more damage on the board for this guy from a natural one. But now it's stuck in his backside. And he's like, oh gosh, why? Uh, that's turn one, guys. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Bum puzzle. Back to you. Um, let's see. I'm I'm about uh, ten feet up in the air right now. Is that right? Um, no, you're just up up the stairs, so you're maybe up like five feet. Okay, okay. So if, it's, you, if uh, you keep walking up, you'll you'll get to the top there. Yeah, I, th I think I'll I think I'll run up and stand on this gentleman's body, and uh, with the height advantage, mm. I'm going to uh, I'm going to uh, 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 throw out a tiny flashbang, but they're like all tied together and. Like they go off all very quickly in very rapid succession. Um, it's it's a big old string of firecrackers. And I just <laughs> throw them on the ground. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, while they're going off, uh, I I take a shot at the one. Let's see. Do I have a better shot at one or the other? Oh no, they're both behind your arch nemesis uh, desk. Oh, so desk that full cover. Desk could die. Yeah, just roll a one like uh, Miles and still do damage somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Broken cards. My All right. Forrest Gump here. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm going to shoot at the one who's got Miles's um, 
Um, Stick him up his bottom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And give him a flat-footed, if I get it. Uh, Six or lower. Yes. Oh, but the attack's only ten. Oh, no. That is a miss, sadly. Mm, We can't can't murder everybody. When when you listen to this sonic blast, know that it's done with a sad intonation. (laughs) It should just be... (laughs) sounded a little bit sad. (laughs) (laughs) Tyler or back to Nikithi? Shoot. Rebecca, should I do something fun? Yeah, of course you should. Okay. Idis, should, Idis is going to cast Overheat. <laughs> no. <laughs> Guys, seriously, I only have so many RP. This is stupid. This is really stupid. It's not fun. It's just mean. <laughs> Hooray! We're a secondary fun. cone of fire burns everything in a 50-foot cone. <laughs> oh, let's make some reflex saves. This sounds like this is canon now. <laughs> Yep. Oh my god, so fun. Yeah, for my two. Alright, once again, one saved, one failed against oh god, the same same guy failed, right? Uh but these Dralics looking a little hot under the collar. Alright. <laughs> Drew fails again. <laughs> Tyler, this this isn't like you, man. Uh, Nine points of damage. Same amount of damage. Okay, so good news, the one immediately to Kansas, right? Uh, melts into a pile of goo. Yeah. Have you guys ever burnt broccoli? It is like the worst smell in the world. It is oh, gross. gross. And it, your house will linger for like a few weeks. Well, and real talk, <laughs> this is probably fishy broccoli. So like oh, it's fish and worse. broccoli, like the worst smell. Uh, broccoli to your coworker that brings in, <laughs> that's all they eat every day. It's uh, like microwaved. Yeah. yeah. Broccoli. Fish and broccoli. Uh, but yeah, this guy to Kaz's left saved. Uh, once again, Desk maybe giving him a, a little. Actually, they both get uh, a little bit of a, a bonus here because of Desk. Drew gets one too, but still fails. Did, um, I, did I succeed the first one by, uh, with Desk? Nah. Uh, this one is still alive, though, right behind you, Drew, and it is your turn. I will give you one chance to stand down. Drop your weapon. No. No, I don't think so. I think you're probably going to burn with me in a fire. There will be no fire for you, friend. Two strikes. Please roll low. <laughs> Want to do anything else? 28. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. And the super hit. He is hit. What's that damage? 15. Uh, whoop, whoop, whoop. He has taken eight points so far. That is enough for strike to knock him down. You see an entropic mess where your strike punches him. And yeah, the rest of his clothes just catch fire. And it is three dead relics on the ground. Uh, we're in a combat. Kaz, Kaz uses his other entropic strike on the desk. <laughs> no, not my desk. Uh, <laughs> so so at, at this point, uh, if they're both dead, can I just take my strident? Yeah, you're going to have to like get some leverage, like put a foot on this one and kind of like shake them loose. But uh, yes, yes, your trident's back. All right. And better than ever. There's like a, a, a sickening splorp sound as his body hits mm-hmm. the ground. Uh, and it's still, still, still smoking. Um, right, so what would you guys like to do? We've got, well, looks like the only exit out of here is up the stairs that a bumfuzzle is standing next to. Is this a computer over here? Like a terminal of some kind? Um, here in this room, it looks like kind of a, a storefront of the salvage yard. Um, so it looks like they're, they're working on some things here. Um, does anything in this room look useful that we might want to take with us? 
You know, as you're looking behind the desk, Kaz, you see what looks like a little low and out of place, uh, an old safe, gold steel safe, like a spin lock on it. Bumvuzzle, join me. Ah, of course, yes. There seems to be some kind of small container here. I I wonder if you might give They call it a simply safe. (laughs) (laughs) Safe. Mmm. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna put my goblin ears to it. I'm gonna, like, put some wax around my ears so it just seals right to the, to the safe. And I'm gonna listen super close as I try to pick this, as I try to crack the safe. Don't roll a one. It's technically not a one. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> What'd you get? Uh, that's 20. <clears throat> Let's see, is this... Is it? Would we consider this unlocking a door? It's kind Mm. of a door, but... Not in the least. It is. uh, You put in the code 1234. It does not unlock. (laughs) Uh, Your attempt has failed here. Ah, no, it can't be cracked. It's one of those those safes, you see. (laughs) Uh, I didn't do anything wrong. It's just uh, an uncrackable safe. Time to move on with the adventure, guys. It's all in the room because it's not possible. See you next time on Cosmic Crit. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, episode. (laughs) I bet Keithy couldn't do it either. It's that hard. If you couldn't do it, then I have no hope. <laughs> well, you could probably roll better than a just uh, uh, in game terms, but... Well, sure, in game terms, but I, uh, Nikithi knows that Bump Puzzle's better at engineering than he is. You, know, you, do you don't need to... Don't sell yourself short, Nikithi. I believe in you. I was about to say, Bump Puzzle also has that whole mental thing, so I, I, maybe you should give it a try. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, uh... Oh, that. Thank you for your confidence. I will try it. I'll give you a band-aid if you succeed. I do love reward-based training. (laughs) Where are my skills? Gosh darn it. Okay, uh, engineering? Correct. Let's roll. (laughs) I rolled a six. So Nikithi just looks at it and goes, he is correct. It is a unlockable safe. <laughs> um, I do believe that this is of master quality. Only the finest locksmiths could have possibly created right. such a device. Bum puzzle comes over and stands next to the Keith. He's like, "That's right. That's right. That's right." right. And it's like, and it's, it's just like like slipping Nikithi like five credits behind the back. Yeah. <laughs> Notice how the dial is of such mechanical engineering as to make it more difficult for us to ascertain the true code. Yeah, and it doesn't open either. It is also not open. My a next quality few, uh, aspect of saves. Okay. Tyler, don't you have a plus four to disable a mechanical lock? Yeah, but that's not. Uh, oh, is this not going to be enough. Lock? It's not, not going to really. be enough. Uh, okay. You guys can come back to it no, later. It, it, it's for it's for a physical lock too. It works for physical locks. Yeah, I'm not not gonna do not gonna do a okay. six on dice. If you guys want to spend time on this later, you can uh, potentially uh, come back. Or I mean, if you want to take like ten minutes now, you can. I mean, I, I, I could try it. I Ooh, do you think? Ooh. Do you think? Oh, Win is going to show these these I mean, uh, snotty engineers up? Why not? Uh, survey says no, but I'm going to try it anyway. <laughs> uh, this is, you this might, might Fonzie this thing 20. open. Here comes the twenty. Nope. nope. Uh, <laughs> Ten. Uh, At least you get roll better than a one, like, Miles. So does Win just like pick it up and like banging on the desk, and he's like, <laughs> "They're right. You can't open it." <laughs> 
Oh, goodness gracious. Well, it's funny. I was going to suggest that Talara could use psychokinetic hand to uh, drop it from the ceiling. And oh, see. yeah. Yeah, they, they make saves so you can just <laughs> We're moving on, guys. Where yeah. do you want to go next? You've got the the other double doors uh, leading uh, north from outside, and you've got the stairs leading east where Bumfuzzle is. Kaz makes eye contact with Bumfuzzle as he leaps over the desk very easily. <laughs> oh, oh and, then walks, and then walks up the stairs. Uh, Bumfuzzle winks at Kaz, and then like points at his shiny new jump jets. <laughs> uh, perhaps uh, there was the door further down the hallway that was a little bit bigger. Perhaps Wynn and I could take that door if it all ah. Well, it's a different floor, right? Won't yeah. you be on the first floor and we'll be on uh, the second? You that make a good point. I was thinking that it was going to be a big room with like a catwalk and a lower area. Hey, Slugger, I let me teach you how stairs work, okay? <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Oh, you don't need an engineering check for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, uh, is, is Talara's nickname for Nikiti Slugger? Yeah. Yeah. Since like episode <laughs> one. Because yeah. he's a slug. Yeah. All right, where, where do you guys do you guys want to go across this little uh, catwalk? It looks like about. Uh, yeah, can I can I can I like quietly open the door and like slink out there just a few feet, take a look around, then come back and tell everybody what I see? Yeah, it's just a short hallway and there's no door. It's just plastic curtains, and then you see wow. another set of them about ten feet ahead. Um, can I just just put the tiniest little eye mm-hmm. over there and just see what I see? Poking through the plastic. Uh, sheets here, kind of draped like um, uh, like a doorway. Uh, down another set of stairs in the next room, you see what it looks like a very small, well-kept workshop, like a mechanic shop. You see a large workbench, meticulously arranged uh, tool sets, and a small door on the south side of the room and a rusted metal door on the north. Is it like a... Uh, on the south side is the is the small door. Wait, is the door on the south side a uh, like a ten foot door or? Uh, they they're both f- five foot wide. One leading north, and uh, well, they're both leading north. One is inside the room uh, on the southern side, past this workbench, and then one is uh, just leading straight north. All right, you're where you are standing up above. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of radio back and be like. All right, it, it looks clear. It looks clear. And I'm going to step down the stairs and uh, into the room. Okay, yeah. Um, what would you like to do? Um, let's see. So there's a door up here in the north and a door in the south. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm, I guess I'll just... So, But there's not there's not a door over to the west. So there was a door that just sort of went somewhere else in this whole place. Mm-hmm. Or it connects with the one to the north. Like maybe the door to the north opens into the same room as the door to the like the yeah. double door. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like I, I thought that the I was pretty sure that I thought that door was leading to a catwalk that overlooked the room that the southern. Door I, was. I thought the same which thing, Tyler. Got, so which is why I got confused. Do uh, not let Rebecca making fun of you hurt your feelings because I saw the, <laughs> the same thing. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would like to try to check out this little door here to the south. It looks mm-hmm. to be going into maybe a smaller room here. Sure. Maybe that's so, like a like a storage place where I could find a, mm-hmm. a sweet thing. Kaz is going to well, move into back at Bumfuzzle. So we got Kaz and Bumfuzzle Adventures Incorporated uh, cracking open this door. Uh, it kind of slides into the wall here, and you see a few small beds and a couple of foot lockers at the bottom. Um, looks pretty empty besides that. 
Hmm. Hmm. Uh, any chance I can find anything in the footlocker? You gonna rifle through Besides, someone like, else's belongings? Somebody's drawers? I mean, I Bum bet they like, Come on. I bet that you're better bet than that. that. At least, I bet that at least some of this belongs to the dead people. So, um, yeah, probably could deal with it. Make up a perception check for me. Okay, guys, if you want to, you can do. You're there. You're having fun. I don't think I'm going to do anything with the 12, but... You, <laughs> Cass finds the dirtiest of soiled Draylick <laughs> underwears. <laughs> the sheets uh, on these beds are blue. Bum puzzle, maybe with a keen eye, a, a knack for engineering. As you're feeling around in other people's stuff in the, in this uh, footlocker, uh, you're, you're moving through clothes and these electronic projects, other knickknacks and things like that. Nothing really of, of worth, but as you're poking through one of the chests, you see some female clothing and moving it uh, aside a little bit, you hear a click and the bottom of this chest kind of like pops up a little bit, a little spring action. And it doesn't seem, did seem you found a, a niche, a, a little um, cut out area. And inside you see something that seems to be absorbing the light from the rest of this room. It's like a small sphere. Put my hand into it. Uh, well, it, it's something you can pick up. It's, it is uh, a, a dark, is an obsidian sphere, and it seems a great deal denser, a lot heavier than it should be. For it's, you know, it's kind of like a um, um, a small baseball size, mm-hmm. and absorbing light as you you know try and shine light on it. Very cold to the touch as well. Um, uh, and that's just just about all you find here. Huh, wait, can can I identify this thing? Uh, great question. Uh, do you have mysticism? I got all the skills. It's not very <laughs> good, but I do have it. Okay, I, you can I, also I, bring it to Talara. I also have mysticism. All right, well, me and Knack are going to try to figure this out real quick. Knack? Yeah! I'm not assisting <laughs> with that. Me, me and Kaz, me and Kaz are going to try to figure this out. Oh, uh, Bob Fussell looks at it and says, uh, says, uh, ah, it's a, it's a ball. What do you think it is? This is a space ball of some sort. Space balls. Yes. (laughs) Roll the. Watch out. It is clearly uh, a space ball. A three and a four. Do you you guys want to join up together? Maybe you can pass it around, see if anyone knows. Yeah, I bring it back to, I bring it back to uh, Talara and I say, we found a space ball. Okay, so I can mysticism it or I can detect magic. Would that be more helpful or? Yeah, it definitely seems like some kind of hybrid item. You're getting some kind of magical energy off of it, but perhaps there's like a technological aspect to it. You're not entirely sure. Um, Nikita, Should I roll mysticism or? Yeah, go right ahead. Uh, Nikitha, your um, when do you want to aid? Goodness uh, gracious. For mysticism? We, yeah. Um, I have a minus one. <laughs> uh, I mean, do you do you just want to like touch it? It looks like a pretty cool little baseball. Sure. Nikitha. Uh, I mean, I would probably, <laughs> Nikitha would probably just roll his own check. <laughs> I can also roll the aid. I Mm. 27. <laughs> I don't know why we don't. Well, it's it's good. This is good. You have a plus die. 11 to this. Where have you been hiding that? But I rolled a seven. I'm, so. I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to upscale the witch warper with my mysticism check. Keith, he's hiding that under a bushel. He's so <laughs> smart. He's so smart. Um, yeah. So 
uh, you're not entirely sure what it is for, but you are sure sure it's some kind of um, uh, psychic kind of like playback device, something that might be used to um, send some information into to one's uh, head. Well, almost like a holographic projection, but a psychic projection. Um, and as you are holding it, and maybe just as wind touches it, um, you all kind of just staring into the 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 item uh have a psychic vision and kind of it, the darkness surrounding this little orb spreads out and as you peer inside it it creates a psychic space and you guys are all invited um as you're you're thinking about it this this cold void that you find yourselves floating in kind of individually you can feel just life leeching away from you here and in this void you see a faint light these spinning mercurial little um, pinpricks in the darkness, like uh, water flushing down a drain. It's kind of spinning. And yeah, you realize that this is no light show, but there's something in this darkness greater that you cannot observe. A dark force, deadly in- entity out there, larger than your psyches can encapsulate, recreate. Uh, I'm not sure if any of you can figure out what this is. Maybe each of you have faced this in in your own, uh, your backstories, your lives. It is a, a negative life force that seems to be feeding the heat of the universe. As you turn away from this darkness, you all can each hear something whispering into your mind. It's inaudible at first, but it grows louder and louder each repetition. And eventually, you know, Tower of Babel style, you hear it in a thousand languages all at once. The words... At the end, there is nothing. At the end, there is nothing. At the end, there is nothing. What would you guys like to do? Uh, are we back in the room, or are we still sort of floating? No, you're floating in uh, evil dead space. Uh, um. uh, wind tries to swim in the air. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it does feel like a, a cool water you might have been in before, uh, having had psychic visions had these kind of experiences when and so you can you can try and calm yourself a little bit here against whatever this is and suddenly um yeah maybe a psychic projection just springs out of when and the five of you guys find yourselves back on the condis and the endless forests of fog-ridden trees and hills and mountains and the terrain just kind of populates around you popping into existence bit by bit and all of a sudden you see hobgars swinging through the trees, spreading their calls out. And yeah, eventually this projection spreads out far enough to where you can see one another and you're you're all here. And as you kind of focus on, on this projection, uh, the foggy skies of Nakondas banish this darkness above you all in what looks like the sky, like an outer space. But it focuses the darkness to where you can see it is indeed a negative accretion disk, this like dark spinning form out in the outer space, billions of miles wide, maybe thousands of these little minuscule dying lights that you can recognize as galaxies above your heads. And as soon as that happens, vision seems to be coming to an end, uh, kind of like snaps away all at once. And you guys are back in Third Eye Salvage, the smell of burnt broccoli around you. And in your hand stellar, you see this ball has a little crack in it and it feels a little warmer in your hands 
Well, that was extremely unpleasant. We should throw it away. Ah, I mean, I get the feeling that it is indeed inert at this point. I do not know if it is worth anything. Um, why don't you give me a culture or mysticism check? Do we all have the opportunity to do that? Yeah, you guys all, all kind of saw this vision if you all touched this thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Go team culture. Yeah. Say, just about everybody rolled. Uber. We all we all studied it in in uh, creepy 101. Well, you you might have talked in uh, to one another about it after talking to Grasslix, but this phrase uh, at the end there is nothing is one of the like koans, one of the um, aphorisms of ataxia, Draylic philosophy of resistance is futile to entropy. <sighs> How convenient, because I fear nothing. Mm. All right. Except for like this spell overheat, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, this is certainly something to ruminate on, but let's get on and go save our friend. Yeah. Lead the way, bum puzzle. All right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna come up to this. Hang on. So, do we think that the that the other door might lead to the same space we're in? And I don't, because I don't think Win is getting through this hallway or yeah, door. Yeah, I think we should confirm that. Have Bumfuzzle go through the door and go around the corner and see if that's a hallway that leads to the doors that we saw. And yeah, if it is, um, to when to go through that door. Yeah, I'll, I'll just peek in real quick and like, and uh, see if it, if it looks like a big old room, then I'll just, uh, I'll shut it and we'll just go uh, de-trap the other door and Bum mm-hmm. rush in. Yeah. Yeah. Nick yeah. Nikithi will stay with Wynn, so he can detrap the door. Okay. And Talara, assuming that this is a catwalk that does indeed look over this room, or hallway at least, is going to stay up here with Idis, and we are poised to attack. I mean, I don't think that's the case because we would have known it by now because we would have known. I don't know. I don't know. You don't know. Well, at I mean, there is nothing. <laughs> at the end, there is nothing. Patrick. Oh yeah. What's up? What do, you, what do you What do you What do you think about this? Can we see a larger room from that catwalk? You cannot. No. There's. Okay. It's, it's. It's just like a uh, a small hallway. This is the hallway. Okay. Yeah. Nothing you can see down. Well, well, why don't I just pop out and enter these this door and see what's here? Sounds good to me. Well, yeah. It's a, It's got a lock on it. You have to undo. That is true. Um, and it's alarmed, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Nick Nikithi can take care of that real quick with some engineering. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, only a 19 on the dice. Super hack! Super hack! So you can open a door, but not a safe. (laughs) That safe is built by a master craftsman from a bygone era. It is way harder than some pathetic door. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe. It was uncrackable! Maybe you, maybe you melted the locking mechanism with an errant. That's true. That was, that was the first time. That's the first time we've ever tested that system on Idis. And I, there are always bugs. When stepping inside, you see another short hallway. It's about 15 foot wide, and it leads to a big old set of double doors uh, leading north. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Are those trapped? Doesn't look like it. It looks like they are indeed just like interior doors, and uh, you see a lot of kind of traffic come through here. It looks like things dragged along the ground. Looks like uh, this might be leading towards the actual scrapyard of Third Eye Salvage. So from where I am on the catwalk, can I see these doors? No, it's, it's not a catwalk. I'm sorry. I don't think I ever said the words catwalk. It's just a short hallway leading between the two sides of this building. Oh, okay. So my comrades led me to believe it was a catwalk. No, okay. we didn't cool. know. We can just confirmed it a minute ago that it was not a catwalk. We asked Patrick what okay. it was, and it's okay. not a hallway. Okay, so I stand by my slugger. Let me teach you about stairs. Oh my God! No! 
Like, oh. okay. This is the literal best. Um, you guys have been beaten by a safe and uh, <laughs> and I attacked Cass. So far, I, this episode, Cass has taken more damage than he's ever taken by two of his <laughs> teammates. <laughs> hey, man, get out of the way, guys. coming thick and fast. Uh, so, yeah, you guys got a couple doors leading north here. Which which set do you want to go through? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, crack open the doors and just take a peek in. Mm. Sort of before we, like, just, like, just drop kick open the doors. Sure. Uh, uh, you do so, and you see another set, uh, another small door immediately to your left. It looks like some scrap uh, about uh, 10 feet away. All right. Oh, big old pile of scrap. All right. I'm gonna just like step step in very quietly mm-hmm. and uh, and and take another look around this around here. Uh, yes, you can see uh, nearly the entire rest of the, the scrapyard, in which is just piles and piles. Uh, what looks like a, a small valley of of scrap. Uh, right. So twenty foot walls of scrap and refuse, uh, ancient Aslanti mine carts and kind of vehicles jutting out of the sides of these huge mounds, like, you know, bones stuck in the, the dirt. And in the center of the area, some barrels and crates and what looks like a, a kind of cleaner, more organized pathway through these giant mounds. And there you also see, and she also sees you coming through, looks like a female Dralik standing Admits the scrap, the scralin that the assassin Grayselix no doubt told you of. She cuts a very imposing figure as crimson light flits about her, bathing her clothes and weapons in a blood red glow, holding a heavy maul in one hand. And uh, she looks in your direction, standoffishly says, It's no use killing me and saving your friends. <laughs> None of that will matter because of who you all pronged with. Who, who, who is, do we endowment What? No, the man who's paying the bills. Oh, Grab, yeah, you're talking about Grab. I don't know these people. The, my employer has got infinite resources. They want you dead, so you might as well just jump out the nearest airlock. Who is your employer? Oh, are you coming in, Wynn? <laughs> just from the other room, just Winston's like, just like whispering through the door, <laughs> popping into the, the uh, double doors, swinging open. Oh, you would like to know that? <laughs> yes, that's why I asked. The Islanti with the deep pockets. I believe you know him quite well. <laughs> Bumfuzzle turns around suspiciously at Kaz. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Gavilar Knorr. <laughs> Wait, Nack? Is this Nack now? <laughs> so confused. Uh, ah, ah, you must mean the Oh, oh, uh, sorry, Dad, Captain Estrada. <laughs> Eric Estrada. Eric Estrada. Stardat Eric Estrada. Stardat Eric Estrada. Ulavestra. Ulavestra. Who is that? Oh, the king of the prison. The prey is too smart for its own good. But you aren't too smart for me to still teach you a lesson. Hmm? Um, At the end, there is nothing. And you will find out about that soon enough. No, you seem to be confused. You didn't find me. I 
made sure Grasselix would fail. I wanted you all to come here. You've fallen right into my trap. Now, please be so kind as to die and also to be continued. No, come on. Okay, we'll play for another hour. Yeah. I'm just kidding. No, we're we're not an hour 20. We can throw it in a combat here. Uh, (laughs) You're right. I don't know what I'm doing at all. Uh, no, we we uh, we spent about twenty minutes on that safe. So, fortunately, <laughs> gonna have to cut it there. We're, it's, we're I mean, it's up next week. It's worth it. It's a hard save. <laughs> All my enemies are gonna be just like draped in safes. <laughs> oh, like, oh, oh th- this safe has two Mark One healing serums. It's gonna be like safes and desks from here on out. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, we've we've got oh we've got a little bit of a, a boss fight, and uh, I'm excited to get to it next week, and we'll figure out what else we're doing next week when we we get through this. If you survive, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that'll that'll do it for this week. Uh, good app. Um, on the March to episode 200, we're almost there. <laughs> Oh gosh! Oh. We'll talk about it. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll start playing like five episodes a week. We'll be there in no time. Oh gosh! <laughs> um, guys, thanks for playing with me. Thank, Thank you, Patrick. You. Thanks as always, bud. Everyone out there, thanks for listening. And check us back here next week. We're probably going to do another episode. <laughs> <laughs> we usually do. We usually do. Um, thanks, everyone. Uh, see you next time. Good night. Good night, Bye, everybody. Bye bye. Crit bit commencing in 3, 2, 1. Crit bit initiated. We are back. The episode's not over yet because obviously, as is tradition here on the podcast, we're doing some crit bits after the episode. This is Patrick, and I'm joined by Miles and Jabert. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hello. Jabert, thanks for not leaving to go to karaoke and instead <laughs> recording <laughs> this little bit with us this evening. It's my pleasure. Glad you've, to got, be. you've got like one foot out the door, microphone in hand. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I'm actually walking out of the street. I've just got a very long cable. I'm just going to walk <laughs> all the way to the bar. <laughs> we get when I get to the bar, got a lot of background noise. I got to sign on. off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but obviously, it's not just three of us talking. We have a very special guest in the form of Eleanor Farron, uh, who's joining us from Paizo uh, headquarters right now. Uh, Pathfinder developer, welcome. Happy to be here. <laughs> we got a chance to to chat just like very briefly at Gen Con. It is it's crazy <laughs> trying to talk on the 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 floor there. It is very busy. The pies open. Yeah, it's not like we were sort of. Uh... <laughs> previewing some sort of new product that people might be interested in buying. Oh, yeah, like whatever. Like it's a big deal. You come out with a new Pathfinder every 10 years. <laughs> 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 um, we're, we're about Starfinder here. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, but honestly, since, I mean, since Pathfinder 2nd Edition has come out, we've played it on our Twitch um, with um, uh, Fall Blakestone. 
Uh, I played a lot of it at Gen Con. I could not get enough. I played more second edition Pathfinder than I did Starfinder, which is, I mean, I, I would say surprising. I went in with the opposite uh, intention, but so much fun. Uh, having a blast with it so far. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, uh, it, I mean, what it means to be a Pathfinder developer and and how how involved you are and have been with this crazy second edition? <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, so I'm working on the world guidelines, which is sort of a tangent from uh, the actual rules books. Um, certainly, everyone was sort of all hands on deck for uh, the release of second edition. But uh, I think a lot of the heavy lifting was done by the design team, uh, Mark Seifter, Logan Bonner, Stephen Randy McFarlane, and Jason Bullman, mm-hmm. uh, and the edit team who had to flip through <laughs> Over ten and like over a thousand pages, multiple times. <laughs> oh yeah, and the play test and everything. Uh, so, so I'm reluctant to really say that I did all that much on that, considering I had to come in and see the slack jawed zombie look on my coworkers' faces for a couple <laughs> of months beforehand. And you know, me and Lace were just over in our little story time corner, um, <laughs> not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a relief. Uh, right. You say that, but I mean, like one of the I mean, main reasons a lot of people are coming back to Pathfinder over and over again, not necessarily just the mechanics of the game. People have fallen in love with the, the background, the stories that you can tell. Yeah, I'm a, I'm certainly a fan of the book we put out. I, yeah. I mean, you'd sort of hope so. Uh, so uh, Lost Omens World Guide for second edition has been out now for a couple of weeks. And... Um, I'm, I mean, people have been waiting for this one. It, it's more like, I mean, uh, I, it, I mean, it's very similar for Starfinder for our fans who, who play the science fiction version of it. Kind of, I guess, the Pack Worlds book, where it talks more about the the setting, right, and the um, yeah, something closer timeline. to that, uh, telling yeah. you what's going on. Uh, you have all these rules and fancy. Uh, gear stuff to blow up alien monsters but uh these books are telling you what you can go do with that and where you can be from uh the sorts of plot hooks that can get you invested in this game right do you have a do you have a a favorite region that is in this book that you're just like super excited about right now uh, I'm excited for the developments in the Mwangi Expanse, for one. Um, right. We never got down there as much as I think anyone would have liked. And sometimes when we did get down there, we look back and it's like, eh, maybe that wasn't the best decision yeah, we shackles. made. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so getting down there and I think cleaning that place up, refocusing it so it's less about uh, you being brave white explorers going into the jungle region and dealing yeah. with all these weirdos and instead making it a uh, living breathing campaign really yeah exciting. maybe a little more black panther <laughs> a little a little i'm i'm sure that uh some people will be excited to be able to play that sort of thing down there oh it's in the zeitgeist now there's no not <laughs> yeah, there, there's no well, not getting it out of people <laughs> i mean that's that's the thing with pathfinder until there's an adventure path or a, a a shorter adventure scenario um, in an area. It's almost like unexplored territories on a map, you know, uh, here be dragons. I mean, quite literally there could be dragons over there. We don't know <laughs> until, until we go there. And Mwangi expansion is an example. There's like whole continents that are, are covered in this book, right? That 
have not really been fleshed out too much before. Uh, well, this this book, uh, the Lost Omens World Guide, refocuses on the uh, inner sea oh, okay. region. Uh, I, we I, we mentioned the other continents, but it's not going to be like an in depth gazetteer. Uh, we just didn't mm-hmm. have the room for that kind of thing. But I I'm definitely hoping that we can get to these other continents sometime soon. Do you think so, in a, a similar format like the 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 World Guide? Um, I mean, it'd be part of the if if it did happen. Which, mm-hmm. uh, no speculation, please. <laughs> uh, but if it did, yeah, it'd be part of the world guide setting and it'd be a book like this. Okay, cool. So would Varigia be a part of the inner, the uh, inner sea world that we're exploring in this book? Yeah, Varizia's in here, um, and all the areas around it, like the lands of the Linorm <laughs> Kings. Awesome. And uh, Nymleth Lords, uh, Irisen, and uh, yeah, another nation might be in that area. Mm. That, yeah. A newish nation? A new sort of place? Yes. <laughs> yeah, a new sort of place that might have some reason to name itself <laughs> after something that was in that region. Yeah. I, uh, We're playing yeah, so I'm, coy I'm running, with our listeners right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm running through uh, 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 one of the very recent uh, Pathfinder 1 uh, adventures with uh, with Patrick and a bunch of IRL folks. And um, I when I, when I read... Uh, the core rule book sort of setting section. I was like, All right, you can't read these pages. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I have been forewarned. And uh, I mean, honestly, that was like the section I was going to go to first when I picked up the book. <laughs> I know. And, I know. Uh, it. I know it was. I've, I've held off, but I'm, I'm good at uh, not spoiling myself um, and, and kind of only reading what I absolutely have to <laughs> as far as uh, Paizo releases go. Oh uh, yeah, that was one of the issues with updating the setting. Is um, if you pick up the book about Spoilers, what the setting is yeah. going to be like a couple of years away from the adventure you're playing, you might wait. Are, notice are you telling some me changes. that we actually kill the dragon at the end of this adventure path? I'm shocked. <laughs> I am absolutely stunned that that happens. I thought the dragon was going to eat us all. Um, I mean, we can honestly talk about second edition all night long because there's a lot of big books that are already planned to come out early in 2020, uh, which we're excited about. We are not doing a, a full campaign for second edition anytime soon. Cause we we've started um, return of the rune Lords uh, as Jabert said, but I'm, I'm super excited to get to, to play more either on our stream or here on the, the podcast. Um, I, I do have a, a pathfinder question uh, as an, as a newbie. Yeah, it, it probably sounds like a dumb question because growing up, I didn't have anyone to play with. So I've mostly just read books, but um, maybe you can, you know, kind of glean a little bit of insight for, for me as someone who's always been curious. But what what informs the desire and need an execution for a new edition? Well, uh, if you have played like actually when you read the books for fun i think there's sort of like a different mentality going into right. it's like oh that's interesting but you don't have to think about oh how's this going to affect my game and when you sit down to make a new character i don't know if you have ever tried any of the character builders like hero lab or some of the online things mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you like sit down i know that i've done this before 
uh, open up to make a new character. And it's like, which of these books do you want to include? And there's this giant list that you keep scrolling and scrolling. And you're like, I've never even heard of some of these things. <laughs> right. And if you don't like make sure to uncheck all of those, then you get into the character build. And it's like, what feat would you like? And there's something yeah. akin to like 500 <laughs> entries. And it's like, oh my God, I can't even find where power attack is on this. Is this better than a power attack? Is it worse? What does this even do? Is there a feet <laughs> chain associated with this? Is this, did people all say that this sucked and I just never heard about it? <laughs> what is this even about? Um, so it can get a little intimidating. Um, another thing is that uh, a lot of things about Pathfinder that we sort of take for granted these days were actually bolted on and uh, like archetypes for one thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Like a lot of people like Pathfinder for the archetypes. We didn't start the edition with those. Right, right. They weren't in the, the main rule book. Yeah, and likewise with a lot of other classes or rules or like alternate racial traits, stuff so, like that. And so you've built this system that's sort of like this cobbled, it's it sort of, it, it works kind of like your, your car that you've sort of like changed out bits of engine and crammed in stuff that wasn't quite the right manufacturer make. Yeah, it's the Battlestar um, Galactica. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it's sort of clumsy and it starts to show. So when you start a new edition, you can just uh, take everything you've learned and assume it from the start. And mm -hmm. that, I think, gives you a much cleaner, smoother slate because you're not trying to make everything work with stuff you never intended to put in in the first place. Okay, so it's kind of like, like defragging your hard drive or something where it's like reorganizing. Yeah, I think, I think that's a really good That's good, a great uh, analogy. <laughs> analogy. <laughs> no, yeah. I've, I've always known because until you know, I met Patrick, I never had the opportunity to play tabletop RPGs, which I, I love doing now. But you know, I used to read all the vampire books and everything, and I knew about the stigma of new editions from years of, of hearing about different um, tabletop RPGs like D&D &D and stuff, but I never really knew the, the kind of mindset behind making a new edition. So this, this honestly, like this makes a lot of sense for me. Yeah. Pathfinder. I mean, first edition is great. I mean, people are going to play it forever. <laughs> like they, yeah. They'll never not be someone playing first edition. Yeah. Um, I might be the, person who plays first edition until the day I die. I'll be like an 89-year-old being like, come on, green kids, get in here. We're yeah. going to run Return of the Rune Lords again. But honestly, I, I think, I mean, just in a few short years, you're probably going to be back to the point where you have a ton of great uh, heritages to pick from, great classes. We've got the character guide coming out in, in 2020 pretty pretty early <laughs> to adding like four new classes. Oh, That's nice. Right. The, um, do you mean the APG or the character guide? Maybe the APG. The, uh, the APG, <laughs> well, the APG sorry, has new classes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, then that's what I'm thinking of. Is that And some fan favorites, too, like the, the witch. I'm, I'm yep. very excited about one of my favorites. Uh, I'm excited to see the, the changes to those. And I'm going to be playing both, I guess, technically all three <laughs> with Starfinder. But uh, I'm sure some people will have to make that decision. Ooh, what am I going to do? Starfinder? Pathfinder? Well, obviously, you've got... Good, good choices on, on both sides. Um, we're super excited about Starfinder here. We're not afraid to show it as much as we love Pathfinder 2. Um, and uh, one of the reasons we had you on, obviously, is you are the author of book two of Against the Aeon Throne, uh, Escape from the Prison Moon. Um, I've told you this multiple times now, Eleanor. This is 
so far my absolute favorite adventure path volume um to gm to to listen to (laughs) i had an absolute blast playing it yeah like it it was so cool because i mean almost every every uh volume of an ap gives me something a little different you know we played through all of it dead sons and we've been playing uh, this this adventure path which is the the first book was was a different flavor than what we had been doing but this one i don't this this is a sweet spot for me like there are so many things about this book that i just absolutely love and part of it is just the infinite choices that you can make to figure out how to navigate the story as a character. It, mm-hmm. it was just, it was so invigorating as a player to play. So mm-hmm. I guess, I guess the thing that I'm curious about, um, uh, so we had, we sort of like, you know, mind wrestled about how we were going to get into the, the prison. Moon. <laughs> we, <were> like, <laughs> we talked for like for hours and oh, hours. Yeah, no, we, we talked about this, I think at some point, but one of their ideas was to put Miles's character, who is an uplifted bear, <laughs> inside of a large box and like uh, bugs like, bunny him into the facility. Yeah, and just like, just, like paint, and just like paint food on the side of it and be like, it's Acme. <laughs> and, and that was the prevailing plan for way longer than it should have been. So, well, I was excited. I was like, well, this is going to be a short charade. <laughs> uh, they're going to be like, uh, open that box and like have their guns ready. Well, so, I mean, like, so we, we eventually ended up coming up with a solution to it. But I'm curious, uh, Eleanor, if, you're, if you remember sort of your headspace at the time, like what was the, what was the solution that you were like, oh, man, I really hope they do this. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't. I th- I definitely thought of the box plan uh, <laughs> after <laughs> I had I had written it. I was just like, should I have put that in there? <laughs> nah. What if if someone is dumb enough to go inside a box? <laughs> We're dumb enough. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it did sort of come to mind because I right. feel like it actually happens a lot more than is sensical in uh, media. <laughs> well, one thing I I the beginning of that part of of book two has a great number of like what if so and what if this and uh, things that can i mean basically all the pitfalls that players can place themselves in and things that will come up in each kind of checkpoint within the prison kind of back that up um i told the players i, I wasn't giving them really any um major hints minus imagine a real life like prison break in if you're trying to get someone out like what would happen in those steps like you can't just show up I mean, with like no paperwork or i mean so when Patrick said this i literally started googling prison break, <laughs> <How to break in. laughs> and like, and like yeah, you have to type been minecraft been after very, that or... very few of them and, and, the and, and now you're on a list the only real way to do it is show up with a whole bunch of people with guns or a helicopter yeah, well, no, it's never worked. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a you, Patrick. I've read it. I've there's read a break in with a uh, with a helicopter that 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 one guy got out in. But I mean, you had a spaceship. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. It's the same concept. Yeah. But yeah, I, we were, I, I, hmm, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, well, like, yeah, um, I didn't. I think normally you'd set that sort of thing up as a dungeon crawl, but uh, mm. I decided to go for the the probably riskier route of just plopping down a, a prison and saying go. And I guess depending on your GM and depending on your players, it could turn out awful, but hopefully it turns out great. Well, that's uh, in our case, it definitely turned out great. We uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was uh, it was. 
a kooky adventure and we loved it. <laughs> yeah, they came up with something in the final hour not really said in in the adventure volume, not something I had thought of, which was impersonating Lieutenant Sharu. And, you know, would they necessarily have like paperwork if they're coming from Nakondis? Um and uh, yeah, they were able to uh, bluff and, and kind of intimidate their way backwards. And, and as you m- might have heard, basically did the, the prison in reverse, fought it in, in yeah, reverse. Yeah, you mentioned that bit. at Gen Con. <laughs> yeah. I, I was, I was uh, pretty proud of us for that. Like we got to the warden without ever having to fight anyone. Um, there, There's a whole bunch of stuff that they didn't get to just because it's not a typical dungeon crawl, um, which... I I like. I think sometimes players are like, if they don't open every door and find every bathroom in a facility, they feel like they've missed out on something. I don't know. But I, I think, I mean, it adds to some of the verisimilitude of that, this kind of adventure where, yeah, there'll, there'll be some, some things that you might have to just say, we don't have time. <laughs> We've got to get out of here. Um, yeah, one of the things that we try to do in Pathfinder and Starfinder adventures is... Uh, Make it so you're not rewarded for hunting down and killing everything, even when it would uh, waste your time or your resources or really not make all that much sense. Uh, So so definitely, uh, if you don't get into every crevice of the prison, you are probably succeeding harder than than some people might assume. Yeah, yeah. Um, One of the things in in the prison which I... um, a seed I planted with uh, Tao Marin earlier on was um, she had heard of like other uh, God's Claws like trying to break in, uh, which was, and you guys never saw this, Jabert and Miles, uh, outside the prison, there's like a couple of undead God's Claws that are just like walking around uh, in, in one of the other um, entrances to the, the, mm. the prison. Don't like that. <laughs> Oh, like that, time, <laughs> like that time that you told us, like, oh, well, there's an airlock right here. You could just go out there. Oh, yeah. I was super, <laughs> super hoping that you'd take a, a, an alternate route out because I was like, oh, there's like other bad guys here and they might be able to find other loot. But it was fine. It um, <laughs> our, um episode 99 where you guys are just fighting like all the security robots in the entire facility. Uh, turned out to be a lot of fun. I had I had fun at least. <laughs> Jabert almost died, so not super fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I had a blast. I also to dial it back a little bit. I loved uh, Outpost Zed. Mm. I thought it was oh, such yeah. a cool, diverse area to explore. It, uh, the bazaar reminded me of the Promenade on D Space Nine. Like I I loved it. It was just there were so many things to do and interact with, and it was so varied and. Mm-hmm unpredictable and as a player and as a fan of sci-fi like it just really like blows up your imagination and i i that that's why i play these these kind of games and i thought that was such a cool touch yeah yeah i mean like i said these guys having played an entire ap in like the packed system and like knowing all those aliens like none of that was gonna wow them but this was like all brand new aliens and like customs they've not heard of and it's so funny that this is like um, besides um, uh, the Nijior system in, in, in Dead Suns, where you're like the first um, pack worlders to to meet um, um, meet folk out there, uh, this is like almost all new to the players. Um, yeah, I was curious. Uh, how many of those races were like 
where they were just like, I don't know, come up with like 12 new races for this. Place. <laughs> yeah. Well, how, how many of them were sort of like, oh, no, no, we're working on these for AA3 or something like that? Uh, pretty much none of them. I wrote the adventure and when Jason Keeley got it, he was just like, oh, these seem like good player can- race candidates <laughs> and like shoved a bunch of them into an article and some wound up in the uh, best or alien archive in the back. But uh, And then they filled in the gaps with some other things that they came up with dear so that was, that was all that was all off you off the dome there that was all year yep so good that's amazing. Uh, when no. can I, I need to play a zarb like yesterday when can we oh, get a zarb. a zarb race please uh, that you are going to have to bother the starfinder team about that oh, i have no control over the alien oh, i'm gonna be knocking on uh, joe pazina's door i'm gonna be emailing <laughs> jason and everyone else um yeah, that that was one of my uh, favorite characters for sure. Uh, love the art in the book for for the Zarb. Uh, in general, the um, uh, the furnace market was uh, maybe maybe some of the most fun I, I've got to do GMing because I got to do like five weird <laughs> alien races in like the span of an episode or two. Well, um, and there's just so much cool stuff. Like you have these. Yeah, you have like Zarb and you have these like unpredictable vendors, but then you also have the pirates playing uh, basically poker in the back, you know, <laughs> and there's just, there's just so many cool things going on and, and it, it felt like a very lived in world. And oh, that's yeah. what I really appreciate. It wasn't just like, you're here to do this and these characters serve this purpose. There's just so much going on. It just, it felt very full and vibrant. And as a player, it makes it so much more engrossing to get involved in. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of places in like the Mass Effect series where I kind of had like a similar feeling. Like I've stepped into another world where I'm, I'm the biggest fish out of water like here and, and everyone treats you as such. And, uh, that's the, that's kind of feel that it definitely had. Um, how much were you given in the 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 stories department? Um, kind of leeway with with Outpost Ed with um, Prison Moon of Golta. Um, were there like major things that you had to like hit, or um, were you just like, oh well, they they go to the an outpost and they figure a way to get to the moon? And I mean, um, closer closer to the latter. I mean, yeah. I could try. I can try looking up the actual outline I was given, but most of what I remember is like they kind of go here. They meet the witch weird. She sends them to Outpost Zed. Right. Uh, you go around, get some equipment, get some information, and then you get to go to a prison moon and try and get in there. It's so awesome. Yeah, it um, uh, like Miles was saying earlier, this really does have um, a feeling of, um, I mean, even with uh, Pathfinder Adventure Paths, just kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure way. One of the, one of the exa- great examples is securing the Aslanti ship to kind of fake your way into the, the outpost. Uh, they They lured the ship in and, like, fought the the crew in outpost Zed, there was like five or six different suggestions on how to do that. And they, they talked about some of them on air, but it, I mean, normally it, it doesn't seem like the Avenger paths give you that amount of freedom. It's, I mean, not necessarily more railroady, but it, it doesn't um, necessarily take you down. Well, what if X or what if Y kind of happens? Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. I love it as a GM personal. Yeah. I think it was one of the, well, because I mentioned that uh, um, the goal to prison moon was basically just, well, I've put some things down here and you go play with them. And uh, <laughs> Outpost Zed was really set up the same way. It's sort of throughout that 
Um, and again, that's sort of risky because if you don't have a good, uh, like on the ball, great at improvising GM, it can oh, get yeah. a little, it can get some, a bit hairy, but, um, that's basically the, the whole philosophy behind all of it was just like, well, what if they do X or Y with this thing? Uh, less like, like trying to write a narrative and more trying to write program like a CRPG or something. It's like, well, here's a thing oh, and yeah. here, here are the buttons that make it react and we'll see which ones the PCs push. <laughs> we, we talked to Ron Lundin about Reach of Empire and kind of felt the same way in that it's like, this is the situation. This is some information you have like go go to town do what you want to do and obviously there's um a million different ways to play both of these adventure paths in like how your party makes decisions and how you come together as a team and and what you want to do so yeah i feel like i really enjoy that method um where sort of as a group you just sort of you know decide on a strategy and then sort of try to implement that strategy and Mm. I, I appreciate that it takes a little bit of, you know, flexibility on the part of the GM, but I, I find it's really rewarding. And uh, <laughs> it's one of the things that I re- that I, I love the most about this, uh, this AP. Yeah. Um, right. Did you guys have uh, favorite moments from escape the, from the prison moon or, or favorite little bits? Um, I think I said my favorite was get the, to do the Zarb. Um, <laughs> Which is definitely true, but uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed all the the crazy aliens. Nelpo said, uh, "Favorite was probably trading Alindra for that cylindrical lens pistol. Uh, <laughs> worst was realizing I can't use that. It's my trick attack. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, an operative's new to you. You're you're new. This ain't. I'm, I'm an operative newbie. Season seven. When you get back and play another operative, you'll you'll know." <laughs> No better in season eighteen. Uh, Mousy, do you have a, a favorite character or favorite part of this? Man, I, I mean, I, I really, I really did love the prisoners' gambit. Like, I loved, mm. I, I, I loved it mostly because it actually worked. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if it hadn't, my answer might be different. But I did. I always love when, when, and you know this about me. I love finding non-combat solutions to problems. Oh yeah, yeah. And, I mean, that was I mean, the that's best one. I, when we did Empire Bones and I turned everyone invincible invisible and we got to sneak through the train yard without <laughs> much of a fuss. I, I like stuff like that. So that was really, really rewarding for me. Um, the, the one thing I didn't like, and it's really my fault more than anything else is <laughs> there's not a lot of friendly spaces for a large bear. Oh no. <laughs> is Lancy. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure Eleanor put this in specifically, you know, they, make everything for medium-sized creatures and they don't have a lot of uh, uh, accessibility help for for larger creatures. Yeah, everything in that space was sort of meant to remind you that the Aslanti don't like people who aren't like them and yeah. they're going to make sure you know it. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a description of the seats in the waiting room for the prison, uh, which I thought illustrated that very well. It's like such a small thing, but it, it hammers home that yeah, these are the bad guys. They they make seats for human butts, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Eleanor, before we we wrap up here tonight, did you have something like reflecting back on Escape from Prison Moon that uh, you you feel like people might not have picked up on, or like a smaller little detail that you 
appreciated and, and maybe not everyone has, has talked about yet? Uh, it's hard to say. It's it's just so much of the little details that were uh, fun to put in more than anything really large. Um, like, uh, certainly listening to another podcast that's going through that, one of the best parts of it was them fighting with a vending machine, which you don't, you don't really think of in your uh, adventuring campaign. But I guess that's, um, yeah, that's sort of the, the little details that are letting you know bits of, or, or pick up like an atmosphere. As, as you said, you know, um, the Aslan team make it pretty clear that you don't actually belong there and they're going to enforce it. And I think that's uh, like something people should keep in mind going into this is that you don't, especially in Outpost said, you don't have to be cruel necessarily to just make things suck for somebody. Mm. Um, and that uh, really bleeds through and something to keep in mind in your everyday life too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was, I was surprised how many uh, friends that you could just make. Um, so, I mean, a lot of possible fights in Outpost Zed, but also a lot of things that you can talk your way out of and, and make allies that, you know, maybe become a, a best friend for the party, you know, moving forward. I'm, I don't think the Zarb is going to be uh, necessarily <laughs> their, their best friend on our show, but I mean, if I was a player, I'd be like, no, this guy's coming with us. He's part of the crew now. <laughs> This uh, people, awesome. people do seem to like the Zarb for some yeah. reason. <laughs> He's they great. Can be, they can be that one friend that everyone has. He can eat an entire pig in one <laughs> bite. Just womp. Uh, keep him away from your snacks cabinet. Um, that, That's going to do it for us, I think, here tonight in this interview. Um. Uh, before we go, is there is there places that people can find you online, maybe besides uh, Paizo's forums, if they want to uh, tell you how much they enjoy this and, and Pathfinder 2nd Edition's uh, Lost Omens World Guide? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. It's just I never actually remember how to spell my Twitter handle. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I guess uh, you probably know better than me, actually. Oh, yeah. There's there's an I I'm starting off. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I remember that. Uh, uh, there's, there's a there's Z? Z? It's either yes. an S or a Z. There's a, it's it's I Z S I S U. So listeners, Z-Z? just 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 find that and uh, yeah, just tweet at them how much you love this. Well, <laughs> what, we'll we'll hit you up in this episode uh, for sure, so people can follow you there. Uh, Follow your projects you got coming out. I some, imagine some more Pathfinder goodness in 2020. Um, yep, for sure. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. And Miles and Jabert, thank you guys as well. Jabert, have fun at karaoke, sir. <laughs> I'm going to. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for us. Thanks, guys, for listening. And have a great week. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Cosmic Crit. This episode has been made possible through a sponsorship with Roll20 and the backing of our Critamander fans on Patreon. Thanks again and have a great week.